Druids and cars go into festivals. They can chat about things. It's a druid podcast in cars. Sometimes the best parts of festivals are the discussions that surround them, reflections on what we did and heard, anticipation of what's to come, and processing what it all means in relation to our spiritual work. We wanted to help either introduce you to that phenomenon or extend it for you. That's what this is about. I'm Reverend Jana Vende. And I'm Reverend Michael J. Dangler. We're priests of Arnriach Fane and members of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. We're recording these sessions actually live in cars, actually going to festivals and events, so you will hear road noise, turn signals, and navigation prompts. But that's part of what makes it fun. So... Sit back and enjoy Druids in cars going to festivals. So we're driving through eastern Ohio. Directly into the sun. <laughs> Directly into the sun. And we were seeing things in the sky that we, we couldn't quite figure out what they were. It turned out to be planes. <laughs> well, the, light, does. the light was hitting them just right and they were like bright dots that we thought were maybe planets or stars or none of it made sense. Which got us onto the idea of sometimes you see things that don't make sense, and sometimes there are things out there that you, um, you know, might run into. Yeah. That are weird. Uh, specifically, we were thinking about cryptids. <laughs> so while we have explained away the ones that we were looking at, the weird lights in the sky, we have other things that you know we may or may not have. Uh, encountered or understood or been around that are might be an interesting topic. So we're going to give it a shot. Yeah, so I don't have a lot of experience um, cryptids. Michael asked if I went cryptid hunting, and I'm like, I've never done that. However, I um, grew up in Loveland, Ohio, which is the home of the Loveland Frogman. And I've driven down that street where the sightings of him are many, many, many times, and I can totally see, like, I have full belief that that is a thing that lives there. Um, I have no doubts. <laughs> it's just the kind of area that something like that would live? Well, you, you're, like, you'll be driving down the road, and so the Loveland Frogman is normally seen at night, or like at twilight, and so you're driving down the road, and it's right next to the river, um, the Little Miami is right there. And so occasionally, when conditions are right, there'll be this mist that rises off the river and, like, flows across the road. Um, it's very spooky. <laughs> um, and it's it's very, like, surreal and liminal. And it's the kind of, like, thick, foggy mist where you, you can't quite see the road most of the time, but it's not that high. Yeah. So, like, you, you know it's there, and there's no danger in driving it or anything. But I could totally see when the way the shadows shift that it would be very easy to think you see that. But the atmosphere is the right and the conditions are right and the fog feels right that there is actually something there. And so while I have not seen the Loveland Frogman... I do not doubt that there is a Loveland Frogman. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can understand that. I know that one of our Grove members, Jay, likes to go to the uh, the Mothman Festival. Yeah. Uh, down in 
Point Pleasant, West Virginia, I believe it is. I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, he will send us an email and correct us if we're wrong. <laughs> but um, that, that's the kind of place that I, I've, I'd really like to go. They have a statue of the Mothman down there, and they have this big festival where everyone gets together and um, they tell the stories, and they've got a museum, and it's apparently very kid-friendly, so maybe huh. one of these days we should take the kids. Neat. Um, I mean, my child already thinks that there's all kinds of things living in our house, so... Well, you know, those are fairies, and <laughs> they are cryptids of their own in some ways as well. But, um... We can go back to that. I gotta, yeah, that's I got an my interesting thought. Yeah. But, um... The, the experiences that I've had, um... The reason I asked if you've been cryptid hunting is because... Our, our mutual friend Brian um, and Misty and I once went camping at um, Salt Fork State Park. Okay. Um, where's it? Salt Lake State Park. Anyway, some some state park locally involving salt. And <laughs> um, the, the the reason that we went there is because the Ohio Grassman has been spotted there several times and he is essentially a Bigfoot-like character um presumably a Sasquatch of some sort uh that roams the 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 hills around the state park and uh, so we went out and we went wandering on the trails went hiking up and down and didn't find one but that's okay. We had a lot of fun doing it. Oh, yeah. I think that's actually the the key to this whole thing is, is it's fun. It's yeah, fun. I know one of my... So I really like listening to the Lore podcast. Yeah. And they there's a series of episodes that they've done on various cryptids. Like, they did one on the Jersey Devil. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, like, it's just really cool hearing the stories and, like, the different people who've cited them and the different circumstances that they've been seen and the... The ways that people who have... There's no reason that all these people should see the same thing in the same way, in the same place, and can't explain it. And yet, it keeps coming up for all these different people who are reliable witnesses in a lot of cases. Right. Um, we actually we had a, an interesting example of this uh, in Columbus just a couple of years ago. Um, well, more like a decade ago at this point. <laughs> um, but... There was the Gehanna lion. Do you remember that? No. You may not have been around at that time. But there were lion sightings in a local suburb of Columbus, Gehanna. And uh, most people thought that it was a large stray cat. Some people thought it was an actual mountain lion. And there were police reports about sightings. So, oh, like, okay. police had said they had seen this Gehanna lion. Um, and it eventually sort of disappeared from the, the landscape with nary a, a, a shred of evidence but um, it was for probably a year or two uh, a fairly reasonably big story huh. of sightings of the Gehanna lion and this was supposedly just a regular lion or mountain lion. I'm not sure which it officially, with uh, air Afri- quotes African around, or yes, or, or American, oh, North American mountain lion. Yeah, um, but the the tales were certainly there, um, and it was certainly uh, 
a big enough deal that there were police investigations and police reports regarding this thing. Huh. Um, so, I mean, cryptids can, can happen anywhere. And sometimes when we see things we don't explain, that we can't explain, that's where these things come from. And we just place our best descriptors onto them. Um, and they help us make sense of the world. Yeah. So, now I mentioned fairies earlier. <laughs> so, I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast. Probably not. I, I am not bringing any bells for me, so go for it. So, one of the things that, um, that I've experienced personally um, is I have seen fairies, physical fairies, in the wild. Um, back when I was in college... I was hiking with a bunch of Boy Scouts. I was a, I was an, I'm an Eagle Scout. I was working with a Boy Scout troop at the time, and we were hiking on the Appalachian Trail. So not far from where we were actually camping this past weekend. Huh. Okay. And uh, I went. I, one night, I got up from the shelter. I walked down the hill. I was looking for the bathroom. Um, and as I'm walking through the woods down the side of this mountain, uh, where there are no trails. I came across something that caught my eye. Caught just kind of the, the corner of my eyes. A little blue light. Uh, and you followed the blue light into the woods? I was already there. That's the thing. <laughs> I did not follow the lights. I, I am not Reverend McAndrew. Thank you. Um, who does follow the fairy lights. And is quite proud of the fact that she does. Um, she, she hasn't not come back yet. So. Not yet. And for which we love her. Um, but... Um, as, I, as I'm heading down the hill, this, this blue light catches my eye, and so I turn toward it, and it disappears. And I stood there for a minute, and I watched, and I waited, and it didn't come back, and so I went to turn around, and there was the blue light again. It turned out that when I looked directly at it, I couldn't see it. But if I turned my eyes to the side just a little bit, it became fully visible and it's kind of like looking at a star in the night sky that is really dim if you stare directly at it you cannot see it if you look just to the side of it it comes into focus so you're saying that fairies can only be detected by the rods in your eyes possibly i don't know (laughs) <laughs> that is more science than I am prepared to work with right now. Um, okay, go on. <laughs> and so, knowing that, you know, knowing that I could only see them if I didn't look directly at them, which is a peculiar quality for any light source, frankly. Yeah. I mean, stars included. That's a weird thing. But, um, I sat down right where I was, and... I tried to get a feel for what was in front of me. Were you already pagan at this point in your life? I was. Okay. I was fully pagan. This is in college, so okay. I, I was involved in PSA, the Pagan Student Association. Okay. I was involved. So you at least had a frame of reference to start from. Yes. Okay. I was vaguely involved with the growth or with ADF at the time. Um, and so I sat down right where I was, knowing better than to follow the lights. Fine. <laughs> That's um, why I was asking. <laughs> but I was... Like I said, I was already close enough um, because I hadn't noticed them until I was right upon them. Now, the lights, the character of the lights is important. 
um, because they were slow moving. They were not fast flits, which is what you would expect of fairies, knowing what what one expects of fairies is unlikely to be the reality anyway, but you know what I mean. Uh Um, And they were close enough, they were at the foot of a tree, they were small, like a large a large pinhead they were maybe about that size maybe a little bit smaller when they were lit up I could see them when they were not lit I could not there there was nothing there yeah yeah um and the light was small it was blue it was lazy um it was not at all moving from place to place quickly um and so I'm going through my mind. I'm registering all the things that it could be. Can't be swamp gas. I'm too close to it. I could literally reach out and touch it. I was that close. Um, But I didn't. Because I know my fairy lore. (laughs) And I don't do that kind of stuff. So, if it were swamp gas, I would have smelled it. Right? I would think. Um, If it were some kind of bioluminescent insect... It's not like anything I've ever seen before, and it doesn't explain why it is why it was completely gone when I looked at it. Um, certainly, it was not a firefly. Certainly, it was not a lightning bug. Anything that I've seen it right, right. in that way. Um, it was not. It was not me dreaming. I know it wasn't me dreaming because I had gotten up to go to the bathroom, and that's not something. I have ever done in a dream um, but also because I was able to see this another night as well same spot? no Ish. actually a different spot um, down the trail So, but in the same like campish yeah. like the, the same area of the mountains yes yeah, same area of the mountains um, and I sat there for a little while not at all interacting because one doesn't with fairies yep and then I got up and I walked away back up got uh, back to the shelter sat down kind of worked my way through it mentally um, and then again the next night I was able to, to see them again at the next shelter down the trail so either they were walking with me or I walked with them I don't know which but uh, those kinds of experiences um, I could have looked at them in a lot of different ways. I could have looked at it very scientifically, which I kind of did. You tried to do. I tried. Yeah. I looked up phenomena that looks like that, and I came up empty. Um, I could have looked at it entirely mythologically, um, which is kind of where I've settled. But the um, the, the process of, of working my way through it and coming to the final conclusion that no this is what I saw and I don't have another explanation there's not another thing that matches what I saw that is described out there in science but there's plenty that's described out there in mythology so that's where I'm going to hang my hat and I think that's kind of one of the things that we tend to do with cryptids as well is we look for the things we look first to science we try to explain them we try to understand them and when those understandings fail we settle on the the only possible answer, which is sometimes to look to our folk tales and to uh, to build stories around them mm-hmm. and to, to help us interact with that part of the world. Right. 
Well, and I mean, that's what I, what mythology at least was, was a way to explain the unexplainable. Yes. And they are logical stories to get there. Yes. So, um, yeah, that's, that's my big in-person experience. Yeah, I had never heard that before. Encrypted. I hadn't heard you tell that before. That's pretty cool. Thanks for listening, and there's more to come. We welcome your ideas and questions. If there's something that you'd like to hear us discuss in a future episode, please drop us a line at druidsincars at threecranes.org. If you would like to donate, you can do so at threecranes.org slash donate. Druids in Cars Going to Festivals is a production of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. Learn more about our grove at threecranes.org and more about druidry at adf.org. As always, keep circulating the tapes and let us pray with a good fire.